0: You're listening to The Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith. Faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 59, You Are an Influencer. Have you ever wondered the extent of your own influence? Have you ever fallen into the trap of judging your own influence based off of numbers or social approval? or even how well others receive you. Have you ever wanted to have more influence over those you serve? Maybe it's your family, your work, or community. In today's episode, we're going to dive into a few tiny paradigms that have massively changed how I view true influence and have helped me take heart and have courage to move forward with confidence. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. Available on Amazon and filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or you've taken the time to share it with a friend. As you may know, I'm not active on social media. This is a deliberate choice that helps me have the creativity and the focus to make this podcast the best that it can be. So, the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth, it's by you. Thank you so much for taking the time to share this with your friends and support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from E.A.T. Hain. She says, this is worth my time and way better and more beneficial to my mind than my true crime podcast. (laughs) She is uplifting, positive, and explains ideas in such an easy way to listen. My favorite is holding space. Thank you, Brooke, for helping others live a better, wholesome, happy life. Thank you, EAT Hane. I'm so glad you find the podcast beneficial. And I have to say, I have friends who love the crime podcast. So it sounds like you have a great balance of entertainment and inspiration. (laughs) The Holding Space episode that EAT Hane mentions is my number one downloaded episode. So for any of you listening who haven't heard this one yet, it's amazing. And I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a really powerful practice that can totally change your life. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a 5-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and your reviews and your shares, this is what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. So let's get in to today's topic. You are an influencer. Influencer is a bit of a buzzword these days. Just last week, I read a blog post written by a husband of an Instagram influencer, and he spent the first half of the article talking about how uncomfortable his wife was with the word influencer. Yet, she does have nearly 1 million followers, so her influence is pretty far-reaching. Contrast that with a conversation that I had only a few weeks ago at a conference where one attendee said she wasn't an influencer because... She didn't have her own business, platform, or growing social media presence. In today's culture, it's really easy to put a box around the idea of being an influencer and tie it with a bow of likes and follows. In truth, you are an influencer. We all are. Every person has influence in this world, and it is a bigger influence than we often realize. Just like a droplet of water ripples out into far-reaching places, so too does our own influence in whatever sphere we may be in. Being an influencer is part of your own personal mission on the earth. God wants you to influence yourself and those around you to follow light and choose well. To develop and grow and become who he created you to become. The journey to that end is filled with immeasurable influence with all people who cross our path. And in our day of interconnectedness, those paths often cross without our even being aware of it. It's easy to compare and judge our influence with that of others. We may look at someone else and see their influence and feel like we should be more like them. If we just did things like so-and-so, our influence would totally change into something amazing. If I could just influence my family or influence my community or influence my business like so-and-so, then all my problems would be solved. (laughs) We often judge our own influence based upon numbers or the response of those that we interact with. How many times have I judged my own influence as a parent based off of my children's behavior or my influence as a podcaster based off the number of downloads? When we head down this path, we are looking for evidence of our own worth and effectiveness. But as we'll learn in a bit, your best influence comes when you stop worrying about yourself and what others think or how they respond. Your best influence comes when you're focused on those you serve. The summer after my junior year of high school, I participated in a program called Girls State. This program is sponsored by the American Legion and created to help girls learn responsible citizenship by recreating the government experience on the local and state levels. A few girls from every high school in the state of Utah were chosen to participate. We spent an entire week on a college campus where we were divided up into cities. As a city, we had to elect a mayor and a city council and work together. The next stage was to elect county officers. And finally, the big election at the end of the week, all the girls from every city voted for a governor and also for a state senator and representatives that would represent the state of Utah at Girls Nation. Now, obviously this was a really great way to get a feel for the way the United States government works. It was a really fun week and I learned so much about government and I gained a greater love for my country. As you can imagine, there were a whole lot of elections going on the entire week beginning with the city level, moving to the county level, and finally the state level. It seemed like there was some type of election going on every day. Now keep in mind, this was back in 1998. How do you get the word out that you want people to vote for you? Maybe it's the same today, I don't know. (laughs) But back then, we made posters, we made flyers, we made up skits, We had songs and cheers and banners and balloons and everything in between. Walking down the halls between different activities, you were bombarded with people making noise to promote their candidate. Flyers shoved in your hand with a fast elevator pitch of why you should vote for this candidate. Girls were practicing their campaign speeches with the quest to be the best and most memorable. Catchy slogans were chanted. In effect, It was a whole lot of noise each day in vying for people's attention and their vote. On the final day, we gathered all together to hear the campaign speeches of those running for the National Senate. It was the final election. The two girls selected would have the opportunity to go to Girls Nation. The first candidate walked out on stage. Her cheer squad behind her. Massive posters! and a few acrobatic tricks to rev up the crowd in convincing us that she was an amazing candidate to vote for. She performed her speech with practiced perfection. Afterwards, the same type of act followed, one candidate after another, until the final candidate walked on stage. She entered alone, no fanfare. Upon immediate glance, she was a rather plain-looking girl. No trendy clothes or style to place her into the in crowd. In fact, I would go as far to say that she would have been the quiet wallflower that most people would overlook and not pay attention to. She didn't carry a banner or poster and didn't even have a slogan. The contrast between her unassuming simplicity and the -the over-the-top fanfare of everyone else was shocking. Then she opened her mouth and started to speak. She began by calling attention to the obvious. You've probably noticed that I have no signs or campaign materials, she began. You haven't heard anyone shouting my name all week long. But what I lack in fanfare, I make up for in heart and dedication. She then proceeded to give one of the most moving speeches I have ever attended in my life. All from a 17-year-old girl running for office in a replicated election that was really more of a teaching tool than anything else. She was a gifted orator and storyteller. By the end of her speech, she received a standing ovation. She was so good at speaking that immediately, an entire room full of hundreds of insecure teenage girls who had spent their entire week focusing on trying to get everyone to pay attention to them were suddenly on their feet clapping, many with tears in their eyes, fully engaged and wanting to support her vision in any way they could. It didn't matter what she looked like. It didn't matter that she had no catchy slogan or signs or backup dancers to prove her worth. In the most magical moment, she overcame judgments and united an entire room in a cause and a vision that we could absolutely feel burning in our hearts. It's been more than 20 years since that moment and I have never forgotten it. Still I can't tell that story without feeling emotion from the experience. I don't remember what words she said, but I do remember how she made me feel. And I do remember feeling the most glorious sense of hope that it was possible to make a difference in the world without being the one making the noise and shouting for attention. Time and time again, I have thought of this experience as it relates to our noisy world today. We may not be running for office, but it can often feel like we're running for something Perhaps it's mother of the year or best looking home or best body or most adventurous family or most followers or likes or best in your field of work, whatever the case may be. Social media and the internet can often feel like those crowded halls of girls' state with everyone vying for attention and validation or some type of vote that would give them importance. often think of this plain girl running for Senate and get inspired all over again at the power that comes when you simply follow your calling and use your innate spiritual gifts and talents to serve others. It is completely possible to move an entire group of people without making a bunch of noise. You simply show up as your real self and use the tool of real connection. Perhaps one of the most telling differences between this girl and the other candidates wasn't the lack of fanfare, but the ability to strip away all that was in the way. When your intent is all about getting people to think you're amazing and getting them to do a favor for you, how can true connection occur? The astounding difference of humbly showing up as a real person With the intent to inspire and serve, changed everything. The big lie is that you have to perform somehow to win hearts or likes or follows or listens or approval of any kind from anyone else. Not only is this a lie, it's empty. The most influential leaders in my life have created impact by being true to who they really are, they have followed the prompting to serve others and have learned how to do it in their own unique way. The vulnerability required to show up as the real you with a humble serving heart, unattached to the outcome, takes courage and faith. Most especially when the crowd around you may have a different purpose or an entirely different way of doing things. People often ask me, how I can grow a podcast in a business without being on social media. First off, social media isn't my thing. (laughs) I've never been able to share there in a way that felt normal to me. It has always felt awkward. But if you give me a podcast or you give me a room with students, I suddenly feel I can be myself. That being said, I have friends who are an amazing influence, humbly sharing on social media it's a perfect fit for them. To expand this even further, I have friends who don't have any sort of platform in the online world at all, but who serve and give and create influence in the ways that feel natural and right for them. I think of my mom who receives dozens of visitors to her door each week to buy organic food. But they linger for much longer to talk with her because she has the gift of listening, and imparting wisdom to others. Or another friend of mine who influences others by creating neighborhood gatherings that help people feel loved and belonging. Or my sister who homeschools four kids and masterfully creates everyday life into a learning moment. Or another friend whose home is the hangout spot for all her kids' friends and plenty of others. Or how about every amazing author whose book I've read that has changed my life, who took the time to patiently create and write in solitude? Or the many teachers I've had throughout my life whose influence is still felt in my life today? Not to mention all the friends of my life who have supported me, listened to me, and inspired me with their wisdom. You are an influencer. One of the most common things I hear from clients is that they feel like they're supposed to do something They feel called to be an influence in some way or another. The ways to influence are as varied as there are people, but the common denominator always comes back to being yourself and influencing in your own way. When you show up as the real you, when you serve and give in the way that is right for you, your connection to those you serve is potent. It's powerful. It is felt on the deepest level. Interestingly enough, influence is not about you getting others to vote for you. True influence is about helping the people you serve. Ripples flow outward, not inward. When you make it about you, your connection goes down because you're going against the natural flow. Ripples flow outward, not inward. Be your true self and give in the way that is authentic for you. You are an influencer. When I was a music student in college, I studied music composition. Oh, how I had big dreams to influence the world with my music. My heart ached to share my testimony of God through music and change the world. I remember a particularly challenging week where all I did was compare what music I wrote to the music of other students. I felt my music would never be as good as other students or even as good as history's great composers. I remember showing up that week for my private composition lesson in tears. (laughs) My sweet music professor, he let me cry and express my discouragement. I'll never be as good as Beethoven, I cried. I'll never be as good as Mac Wilberg, I cried. I'll never be as good as, insert name of my biggest competitor. (laughs) After I'd had a good cry, my professor sat quietly for a long while. When he finally spoke, the words out of his mouth were absolutely unexpected. All he said was, Brooke, the world is not fed on prize-winning tomatoes. (laughs) I stopped crying and I waited for him to explain. The world is not fed on prize-winning tomatoes. The world is fed on everyday tomatoes that nourish and give us life. I made the connection. I had been far too focused on myself and winning the prize and admiration of others to prove I could make a difference in the world. My professor's simple words reminded me that I could have influence right now, today, in my own way with everyday people. The world indeed is not fed on prize-winning tomatoes. You don't have to have 100,000 followers or a cheer squad shouting your name. You don't have to have awards or a title. You don't have to have a six-figure income or a stage to speak on. You are an influencer. As many times as I have gotten distracted by numbers, it is amazing to me how often God reminds us of the importance of the one The world looks at the big numbers to judge influence how many followers how much money how many downloads or listens or views or likes or shares or products sold and the list goes on and on and yet the number that god emphasizes again and again is the number one in doctrine and covenants section 18 verse 15 we read and if it so be that you should bring save it be one soul unto me. How great shall be your joy with him in the kingdom of my father. Jesus Christ has had the greatest influence of any person who has ever lived upon the earth. And if we look at his life, we see time and time again, the interaction he has one by one, the woman at the well, the woman taken in adultery, the blind man, the woman with the issue of blood, the leper, account after account of his influence to the one, which of course ripples out to influence many. Jesus taught to the crowds and he taught to the individual. He fed the 5,000 and he spiritually fed people one at a time so too do each of us have the opportunity to influence many and influence the one. You too are an influencer, but be wise in how you judge your influence. Some ripples you do not see, especially if you're too focused looking at yourself in the center. Your power to influence comes first by being yourself. By being real and following your own promptings, using your own spiritual gifts. Second, your power to influence comes by where you look. Remember, ripples flow outward, not inward. It's not about getting others' attention. It's about helping those you serve. Perhaps this is part of what Jesus meant when he said in Matthew 16, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Ripples flow outward, not inward. When we're focused on ourselves and gaining the attention of others, we lose sight of how true influence works. When we're worried and concerned and frustrated over our own abilities, or we're judging how others receive our gifts, we lose sight of how true influence works. When we, quote, lose our life, as Jesus says, we turn outward and we find true influence because our focus changed, our intention changed, our direction changed. You are an influencer. Be yourself. Focus on those you serve. Do it in your own way. Don't compare. Remember the power of one. Imagine your influence of being your true self and using your own gifts. Imagine the ripples flowing outward. And look forward with faith. Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder where to start? I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge Course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day and I use it for so many things, including how I can be an influence. Meditation has totally changed my life, but the key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. But starting a new habit and even more so being consistent with it can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together people start a new empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register the link in the show notes or find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I'm cheering you on.